Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. folks, we consider it a great honor to come into your earways, to be with you, and uh, just to be able to share this time and to share the Word of God. I don't think there's anything better than sharing the Word of God. We're in the book of Psalms still. We're in Psalm 119. We're starting at verse 105, but before we do that, before we do that, we want to say good morning to Stephanie Wesco, who's sitting three and a half feet from me still. I think we may be able to get uh, uh, a few more podcasts out before we say goodbye to each other physically here and have to do them in the old-fashioned way. But Debbie and I are thrilled to have her here and uh, in the house as we do podcasts and not hooked to the phone. But Stephanie, what's going on with you? How's your trip here to Greenville, South Carolina? Well, good morning, Doug. Um, this trip's been awesome. Um, it's been very tiring, to be honest. I'm going home more tired than I came. Yeah, um, me but, too. I live here. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but it's been a prayerfully from a from a spiritual perspective. Prayerfully, we've laid up a lot of treasures in heaven this week. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think God has used it, and I just I want to do a special shout out to our dear friends at Morningside Baptist Church who put yes, up Stephanie definitely. and the kids in oh. that wonderful missions house. They've been great to us. They're just good people and. And so we want to say thank you. And Kathy yes. Berger, the missions director over there, or the missions house director, just all those people. They're right with God. They they put up counselors who came in from all over the country to be part of this PTSD. I got to write a letter to them. I mean, we got to get something in a letter to them so they can have it uh, out to the folks. But we just thank God for each and every one of them. And, and, and folks, here we are. And, uh, uh, you know, we're at that place. You might be a knucklehead. So you know, sometimes you might be a knucklehead's hooked to food, and in this case, it is. So we had a pastor, a great pastor. We praise God for my dear friend, and we went to his church. I'm not going to say who it is, but he took us out to eat, did nothing wrong, took us to a place to eat. It looked clean. Everything looked all right. About seven of us came down with the worst illness leaving that place. <laughs> We're still messed up, man. I mean, there's there's people indiscriminately running for restrooms as fast as they can, cut in front of people. It was a bad restaurant. It messed our guts up. So you might be a knucklehead if you give people food poison. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. You know, you might be a knucklehead if you give someone food food poisoning. And then we, we move on again in a healthy kind of way. Fruit that's right with God. So I've been sitting here. I really, here's the thing. My favorite fruit and fruit that's right with God is watermelon. But this genetically modified to make it no seeds, it's, it hasn't been as good as some you get. Like I went over to someone's house one time and there were seeds all over inside the watermelon. It was the best watermelon I ever had in like 20 or 30 years. And I said to, to the lady, this is a fantastic watermelon. She says it's because it's not genetically modified. And uh, she sells seeds for like 40 bucks a package so people can have non-genetically modified watermelon. They're hard to come by. And uh, I thought about slipping a couple of seeds into my pocket, but I don't know if that would be some kind of dish. So I didn't do it, and I don't grow watermelons anyway. But here's the point, folks. 
watermelon's right with God if it's the right watermelon. And it's hard to find the right watermelon with this genetically modified junk. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Watermelon's awesome. It's my one of my daughter's favorite food. And her birthday, of course, is Christmas Day. So guess yeah. what? I buy her a personal <clears throat> watermelon every year for her birthday. Yeah. Now, I don't think they taste that good. But to her, it, in the middle of December... And we celebrated it her birthday her happy. Uh, two years ago. Coming this December will be two years down that's at crazy Disney World. World. Crazy, that's two years. And we bought this big old watermelon, cut it up, and it was good. Yeah, down in Florida in the middle of December, you can get watermelon. And it was good, yeah. We <laughs> no, even got a yellow watermelon we were there to give her an option. We had yellow, we had red, and it was kind of good. All right, so we're on Psalm 119, Stephanie. Again, we keep on learning. Read God's Word, study God's Word, look for the promises, look for the precepts, follow them. Delight in his word, joy his word, and you're going to do that when you're writing things down, when you're going through things, when you're trusting God, when you're putting him first. That's what we keep on seeing. In these wonderful verses, we've heard this quoted so many times, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn, and I will perform it, that I will keep thy righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. Except I beseech thee the free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. My soul is continually in my hand, yet do I not forget thy law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I have erred not from my precepts. Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever, for they are rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined my heart to perform thy statutes away, even unto the end. That's some pretty cool stuff there. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this happen. I mean, what do you see in Stephanie? What are you thinking? Well, you know, Psalm 119, 105 is one of my favorite verses. It's so, I'm very much a picture person. And I see things in pictures. Um, it's weird. I know I have a freaky brain. Um, but every, most everything that I, that I go through in life is picture, which probably doesn't help PTSD out at all. Because phrases turn in, phrases that are just nonchalantly said turn into a picture image in my brain that's not normally a good thing. But in this case, this, this verse is so powerful because God just makes this so easy for us to picture. The idea that we're in a dark place. We're in the way, we don't know which way to go. And his word is that lamp to our feet. In other words, each step we take, there's a song that says, each step I take, I know that he will guide me to higher ground. He ever leads me on. And that idea that each step I take, that that moment by moment dependence on Jesus Christ. Yeah. For each step that we can have confidence as we take each step that his word is guiding us. And then our light to our path. In other words, maybe it's not, we're not in a dark place. Maybe we can somewhat see the road ahead, and yet we can't see around the next bend. And his light is there, illuminating it for us in the long term. So in other words, the short term of our feet, the long term of our path, his word guides us both times. You talk about giving you confidence that, okay, I can get through life. Yeah. That gives you confidence. And I think that's one of the reasons that Satan hates God's word so much, why he... 
you know, we see countries where God's word is taken away from believers, where they try to keep it. Satan knows the power of God's word and how it takes away fear, how it gives comfort, how it gives boldness. And quite honestly, Doug, I don't think we can have God's word as a lamp to our feet the way it's supposed to be if we're not hiding it in in our hearts. That's right. If we're not meditating on it and memorizing it so it literally becomes a part of us. We can't be reading our Bible every step of the day. That's why you take the time to memorize. That's what why you take the time to meditate because it's in your head. It's in your heart as you go through the day to help you with eat that moment by moment, step by step. That's good. And, and I think, you know, I, as you were saying, I look at that first verse over and over again because it's so, it's so present. It's everywhere. And it's a verse that everybody talks about. But understanding that lighting your path, showing your feet means you're faithful. You have faithful feet. They're going in the right direction. When you follow that lighter path, everybody's looking for direction. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the first things that new Christians say is, hey, uh, what's God's will for my life? How do I know where to go? How do I know what to do? Well, God, he gives us a light. He, he gives us a lamp onto our feet. He shows us our feet on the path we're on. It makes us faithful feet. It gets us where we're going. Excuse me. Then I think over here at 106, it says, I have sworn and I will perform it and I will keep thy righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me. Make me alive, O Lord, according to thy words. And, and I, think, I think as I see that, and I think also, 108, except I beseech thee, the free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. And, you know, as soon as I see that, a couple things come to mind, and they're faithful words. And uh, so he lights our path, uh, God does, and he gives us faithful words to speak to him. I like these faithful words. I have sworn I will perform it. I am afflicted very much. Make me more alive. Except I beseech thee, the free will offerings of my mouth, Lord, I want what I say to be good, and teach me your judgments. I want to learn. So, so this psalm is not only lighting your feet, putting a lamp onto your feet and a light onto your path, but it's, it's taking your whole life and putting it in perspective and a life that's, that's honoring God and a life that's preeminently placing Christ in the top position and a life that's making a difference. I mean, I think that's what's going on here. I think this is all coming together to do that. We need that light. And uh, we need that light. You're only going to find that light from God. And and I mean, Stephanie, and I know in a few minutes as we come to the end, we're going to share our song, A Light from Heaven. But I, I mean, without the light, where are we living? What are we living? Well, you know, in verse 107, he says, I am afflicted very much. He doesn't just say, I'm afflicted. He says, I'm afflicted very much. I got a big batch. And I think anyone who's who's dealing with PTSD or who's been through any kind of trauma, you can say that. Yeah. And if that's all we had, it would leave us in a very hopeless place. Yeah. And 107 continues with, quicken me, O Lord according unto thy word. And I love, you know, as we've gone through these psalms the last, what, couple of weeks, that word quicken is is mentioned over and over, that idea of giving me life again, Lord. And I remember being in a place when, um, well, before Charles died, I was there many times, but after he was killed, it was a whole new level because suddenly I didn't even have um, a spouse there to be encouraging along the way to talk to or anything, but that idea of feeling dead inside Mm -hmm. of just being done. 
And I think anyone who's being, who is in that place of affliction, you think again, Job, Joseph, I mean, people that we know, they were humans just like us. We know they were in this place and saying, God, would you give me life again? Would you restore to me the joy of my salvation? Would you um, renew a right spirit within me? Would you give me those wings to mount up as eagles, to run and not be weary, to walk and not faint? All of that is involved when we ask God to quicken us, that we would be, you know, in Romans when it talks about um, being a living sacrifice. Being a living sacrifice means we're being quickened. It means we have revival. And, you know, I think someone who has been through trauma can get to see what revival looks like in a way maybe someone who hasn't been through hardship or trial you know, I, I've talked to people since Charles died, and they may have the best motive and intents of the heart when I talk to them, but they don't get it. Yeah. They're very quick to judge me for how I maybe have responded. They're very quick to throw their judgment calls, their accusations, their whatever at me for how I've dealt with life since Charles died. And I have to step back and say, first of all, I don't give an account to them. I give an account to God, but at the same time, also, I have to step back and say, thank you, God. Thank you that you've taken me through this because I look at life completely different now. And it makes that quickening a reality where if Jesus wasn't giving me life, I wouldn't have a reason to go on. And affliction can be a good thing in that way where we get to really experience what being quickened, which that's, that's a special thing to be able to say, I was dead I maybe knew Jesus as my Savior, but I was so beat up. I was so afflicted. I felt dead. And I cried out to God to give me life again, and he did. Yeah. And that is such, it doesn't matter at that point what other people think of you because it makes Jesus so precious to you. Yeah. No, it does. And, and, I, and I think that, you know, short of Jesus being precious to you, short of God being everything to you, is you're in a danger zone. Yeah. You're in a place where you can fall. You're in a place where you can get stuck in mediocrity, where you can get mm -hmm. stuck in not knowing what's going on. I know I've said this before, and I'll say it again. You know, a Christian outside the will of God is the most miserable person yeah. alive. And a, a Christian without a sound relationship with God is outside a the will of God. person. Yeah. And yeah. you're cruel. You're you're looking for people who are making mistakes. You're, you're doing those things. Yeah. I mean... You can find yourself in those terrible, terrible places, or or you can uh, trust God and seek God and learn from God and live God and love God, and and I think that's what Stephanie's talking about here. I think that's the point. I have inclined my heart to perform Thy statue always, even unto the end. I've made a decision that I'm all in for you, God, and I'm riding this. Uh, I'm riding this train until the end. That's what he's saying. I'm all in. I'm going all the way. You know, I am not getting off halfway. I'm not getting off a quarter way. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. And uh, I, I think, Stephanie, we, we got we to understand this, this is tough. There's always been a victim type of environment for people who go through junk. And I'm not picking on anybody. That's just the way the world is. Oh, leave that, you know, leave him alone or her alone. They, They've, you know, they've been through this terrible trauma. They've experienced this terrible loss. And I agree with that. We treat people a little bit better that way. But at some point, 
we got to realize that we still got to stand up on our own two feet and we still have every responsibility and requirement and statute and rule to worship God and to move out. We still got that. And we, we still got to do that on our bad days. We got to do that on our good days. We got to do it when we don't feel like doing it, when we got to do it, when we have food poisoning, we got to do it. It just doesn't matter. We just got to keep on keeping on, keeping the statues, doing those things. I testimonies I've taken as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. You know, what God has done should be the rejoicing of my heart, not what the NASCAR guy did, not what the NFL quarterback did, not what the whatever your thing may be, the lady who spins around in 10 circles on the Olympics the other day, uh, the Olympic trials when she's out there on the figure skating. That always freaks me out how good those ladies do and uh, and they ski upside down. I was watching, you know, those things a couple winters ago. And I think what they do is they have Winter Olympics, then two years later, Summer Olympics or whatever, and when they miss the Summer Olympics. But you see these things and you see the remarkableness and all that. The best that we have to offer can't even come close to the least thing that God gives us. The lowest promise, the lowest precept is life changing. Yeah. So we got to make a decision. Well, I, yeah, in Psalms, I can't remember the Psalm off the top of my head, but um, the, the same way that he talks about the te- his God's testimonies being in heritage, there's another Psalms that talks about those that love thy name yeah. being in heritage. And there are certain things God's given us that are exceeding great and precious promises. And, you know, there we may not have much in this world. And yeah. That's okay. You know, when Charles was killed and we lost everything, I have had so many American Christians meaning well, okay? I'm not saying they have meant anything bad by it because I very probably would have been the same way if I was on their end. So I'm not judging them. But I have been asked so many times by people, like in a sense of utter loss, be like, how are you going to get your stuff back? Are you ever going to get your stuff back from Cameroon? What do you want to get back or whatever? And coming to the realization, you know, if God taught me anything in the process, and I've said this so many times to people here in the States, stuff is stuff. Yeah. And you know what? When we left Cameroon, we were dead broke. We didn't have, we had pretty much, you know, a few things. We had some junk in storage in the States now I'm going through and getting rid of anyway. And, um, I mean, it wasn't all junk. We were expecting to have more kids. You know, life didn't go how we were expecting it to go. So it's, I, I don't want to be, like, um, not grateful for things God had done for us years ago in providing. But all that to say, stuff is stuff. Our true heritage when Charles was killed was those that fear his name, fellow yeah. believers that stepped into the plate, and God's testimonies. Yeah. They were our heritage and you know what? We didn't have much in this world. But when I look back on those days, we were richer. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't trade what we learned about Jesus for all the for all the tea in China, for all the money in the world, anything. Nothing compared to that heritage. Yeah. And that inheritance that will stay with us forever. And ever. Yeah, it, it's something that... Uh, it, it's something that you pass on. It's something that your kids will pass on. It's something That's their right. kids will pass on and there and so on. This is great. This is better than any multi-level marketing campaign. This is That's God. Right. This is something we can pass on. You know, uh, this isn't about his what, testimonies never lose value. 
Exactly. They're always going to, they're only going to go up in value. Praise the Lord. And that's where we are, friends. That's where we are. That's where we find ourselves today. Now we got this song. So I wanted to take a little bit of time to tell you about this song. So when I started working with Stephanie, I would write down some of the things she said to me. And uh, so this is weird, but I wrote a song out about the things she said to me. And then she edited it, obviously, and wrote the music. But it's called The Light from Heaven. And some of the things she experienced about feeling alone, feeling this, people doing her wrong. And some of you may be here today feeling those things. But I want you to know that God never leaves you alone. God never forsakes you. God never brings you to a bad place. So so this wonderful song we're sharing with you today is one that Stephanie and I wrote. And Stephanie wrote a lot of it, not knowing she was writing it by saying things to me that turned into verses of a song. And uh so, if, I, if I had known you were going to write a song out of it, I never would have told you what I told you. Yeah. So see, God just... God knew that. And I didn't know. If I was knew I was going to write a song, we made a decision, folks. We don't just <laughs> share publicly everything. We made a decision coming into this podcast and everything we do in the ministry. We talked about it and made a decision that we were going to share our lives with you guys. All of it. You were going to hear every bit of it. We were going to tell you about the knuckleheads in our life and the great people in our lives and how things are going because we believe it testifies to God's greatness and how we've been through things. And so we made a decision to do that. Now, Stephanie has never said to me, you're off bounds. I've never said to her, I've never said anything that I want to go back and erase. Uh, I always say I'm going to, but I never do. But anyway, oh, oh. <laughs> you know, we just, because, you know, this is who we are. People have done us wrong. People have done us right. But God. God's yes. always steadfast. He's always been there with us, folks. So listen to this song, and please listen to every word our dear brother Eric has to say about being saved. We want to make sure yes. you know for sure you're going yes. to heaven. So listen to this song, and then listen to every word Eric has to say from the preserved word of God, how you can know for sure you're going to heaven. Hey, folks, have a great day out there. Listen, treat somebody good out there today, will you? The way you want to be treated. Thanks.
Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.